I'm really, really, truly sorry. You really are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm truly sorry. So this is it. It's all over. All over. All over. Michael Cole, I'm sorry. Thank you. I do appreciate that. I'm Thanks sorry that you are by far the worst announcer in WWE history. You're kidding me. What? You want to be a man and you can't even escape a handshake? The future is now. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. Your boy, Notorious Nando, alongside... And you already know what it is, Half K, all day, Larry Knight, don't be fright. Don't be fright? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, what about in Halloween? I'm just trying to be wild and young. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'm pretty sure we'll memorize it by... The end of season two. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll have it memorized by the end of tonight. Mm. <laughs> now, uh, I'm pretty sure we'll we'll find a way of, to think of which song we'll play as the outro. But by default, if I don't find find a song, it will, of course, be Wild and Young. <laughs> hey, you know, it might be the soundtrack to the rest of our lives. <laughs> Hopefully one day when we get paid millions of dollars for this podcast, we'll... I'll personally send a check out to American Bang for <laughs> them and Podbean. Like they, they get the first checks that we cash out to anybody. Like, boom, this is what we think you're worth. It's gonna be like twenty bucks. Thank, thank Damn. you, thanks guys for supporting us and getting us through this. Couldn't have done without you. They they created the empire. Hey, straight up, man. You know, they're backing everything that we love. Really. Podbean. American Bang. <laughs> Pod Bang. Pod Bang. Pod Bang. That's gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Cool. So thanks again for checking us out. This is episode 14. We're really uh we're really getting close to the end here. So this is gonna be the second to last. I think they're labeling this as the semifinals episode, from what I remember. Yes, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. So this episode occurred on May 25th, 2010 at the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. Mr. Mr. Miz? Yes. Mr. Miz and Ziggler? Yes. Okay. They are Cleveland Arenos. <laughs> what are they, Ned Flanders? <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't know what you would call a person from, like, I guess a Cleveland Clevelander. You would oh. call them probably Cleveland, a Clevelander. They're Clevelanders for sure. Them and Mr. LeBron James. Oh. They're probably like, is he actually from there? Or just... yeah, he's from a he's from like Akron, Ohio. Like oh. he's literally from Ohio. Okay, and then he got drafted by an Ohio team. It's like I guess that's exciting, but like you know, if I'm gonna be the number one pick in an NBA team, I don't want to get picked up by Ohio. Like, yeah, yeah. Send me somewhere nice like Los Angeles, or you know. Well, he's there now, so <laughs> I mean, he got there. So, you know, that's it at home for a little while longer yeah cool so 
we go to the video recap at the top of the hour. Pretty cool job again. I can always give WWE production so much credit for doing these video recaps. They do a really good job of showing you the eliminations that have been happening so far. This is also the first time that I know of that they, at least on NXT, I'm pretty sure they've been doing this on Raw and SmackDown, but they use that movie voice guy voiceover Mm, to kind of even hype up this episode even more. So it definitely stood out to me as soon as I was watching the episode. I was like, ooh, this sounds even more intriguing because they have the dude. I knew there was something about this episode that really got my attention more Mm -hmm. than like the other ones in the beginning. I was like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, it was crazy because I was watching it with Jamie. Yeah. And she was saying like, you know, even though this is from 2010. Yeah. You would have thought that it was just recorded like recently just like how good the WWE's mm-hmm. like video packages and stuff are versus like if you watch NBA footage from 2010 uh-huh. it looks like it's 20 years old yeah, it's like yeah, oh my yeah. god what what are you guys using versus like what are what they are using you know yeah for eight men their dream of becoming the WWE's next breakout star is slowly drawing to a close for some it has already ended who do you think should be eliminated. The WWE pros have evaluated these rookies. A lifetime's worth of work comes down to right now. Skip, you've been eliminated. Everything happens for a reason, Matt Stryker. And Skip Sheffield will be back. Darren Young, you've been eliminated. This is not the last time you will see of Darren Young. You can believe that. With only two weeks remaining, who will achieve their dream? And who will go home? I think WWE, they've always been commended. And it's one of those things where since you and I grew up with it, we always appreciated and set it at that standard, mm-hmm. but it's hard to kind of compare it because yeah, how you mentioned where other sports don't really have that same level of production compared to WWE. And that's why they even gave WWE and the XFL credit because the XFL, even though it was garbage in a way, they also gave them their props too for coming up with these new innovations in the production. Oh style. yeah, because yeah. they took a lot of that stuff too. They was like, "What Skycam? Oh, yeah, get... yeah, yeah, yeah." We'll just pawn that off like we made it up. Nobody's gonna remember the XFL. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm pretty excited to see what's gonna happen with next mm-hmm. iteration of the XFL and what's gonna be revolutionary. On, I mean, maybe we'll have pyro. Yeah. Oh yeah, they might. <laughs> well, when we get there. If you uh, if you guys want to hear us do a review episode on the very first game, I'm, I'm totally down. So. Nice. Yeah. All right, yeah, we could do that. Maybe we, hopefully we could like uh, tailgate in the parking lot. Ooh. We have a big like half K banner. <laughs> if we if you know if we get enough subscribers and followers, nudge nudge. Yeah, wink wink. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, so just to recap, everybody, the eliminations that have happened so far are Michael Tarver. Daniel Bryan, and technically these guys were eliminated by WWE management, <laughs> so not really by the pros themselves. And Skip Sheffield and Darren Young are officially the only two who have been eliminated. So we're at the halfway point where we have four down and four to go. And the final four are Wade Barrett, 
David Otunga, Justin Gabriel, and Heath Slater. Mm-hmm. And I will get into this in a little bit, but this is also the first time that they don't have or they don't show the NXT intro. And there's a very specific reason why. Mm. And I'll get to it in a bit. <laughs> mm, nice. You know, I did notice that, too. And I was like, I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, here we go. Mm, they didn't do it. Yeah, they just cut straight to the ring at that point. <laughs> so to kick us off, we have Striker saying that CM Punk will not be here as well due to the events at Over the Limit. Do you remember what happened to Mr. Punk at Over the Limit? Is this a... I'm going to guess. Yeah. Is this uh the the hair versus hair? It is. Or the, the, yeah, was it hair versus hair or was it hair versus mask? Hair versus mask, right? Yeah. And yeah, he... Uh, Lost his hair, so <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess a, getting a haircut is just a big deal for him. So yeah. <laughs> he missed the entire episode of NXT for a haircut. Yeah, what was weird is Striker announces, so he's announcing all the pros to come down to ringside just to start reviewing the the rookies, but he kind of says CM Punk of, and the next person we have CM Punk. Uh, and then he says, due, due to the event at Over the Limit, he won't be here. So in my mind, I was like, why did he even bother to introduce him if he already knew that he wasn't here? <laughs> you know, you know, it, he could have played that off better. Like, oh, I just got word that due to the events from last yeah, yeah. night or whatever, CM Punk will not be here. But he was just like, he's not going to be here. <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I was like, okay. You could have just said that at the very top before you started introducing everybody. And, yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, we're CM Punk's not going to be here. Then you could have had a nice flow of introducing everyone. But yeah. <laughs> smooth move, Striker. Hey, you know what? I just realized something I really didn't like about Matt Striker is uh-huh. the way that he says pros. Like, I just don't like the way his mouth looks when he says, you're pros. And he just oh, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't care for it. Yeah, I, I no. didn't notice that he does kind of roll it at that point yeah i think it's funny because i think they make him do that because he makes like a certain face and he turns in a direction it Mm. looks very rehearsed yeah yeah it's just like pros i i was listening to a podcast with justin roberts the former ring announcer nice and it was kind of cool also side note i didn't know he was in the wwe for as long as he was Apparently he was there for 12 years and i never knew it (laughs) because in the beginning of the interview he was saying that he had been announcing Eddie Guerrero's name. I was like, what? You you were there that long where you were still around when Guerrero was still around. So that blew that blew my mind. Apparently he was there since 2003 or 2004. Yeah, when Guerrero was still with us. And it blew my mind that Roberts had been there that long. So shout out to Justin Roberts. Yeah. For having a long ass <laughs> tenure that nobody really comprehended. Yeah. I'm with that. Yeah. So he had mentioned too that at when he first started there, they kind of wanted him to just default name the the wrestlers during their entrances. But after a while, he started adding his own flair to everybody. So he started rolling the R's when he mm. said Eddie Guerrero and Ore Mysterio and, and pronouncing it by their actual, you know. Like the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus just saying it. the Ray Mysterio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool knowing and kind of catching those little details of how people say stuff. But. Yeah. It's like it's appreciation for certain things, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just hating on Mr. Striker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'm just hating because I get he be hating too. So. <laughs> it's 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 all good. <laughs> it's a cycle. Yeah. <laughs> then our truth comes out, and he is the new U.S. champion. It's pretty funny because the Miz they kind of do a close up on the Miz, and 
you just see him like eye rolling in the background. <laughs> so it, it's pretty cool that they, even though that they're pros, they're also just continuing their storylines as well. So. Oh yeah, that's dope. I like that. Yeah. So similar to last week, they don't really announce why Carlito isn't there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I looked this up. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, this is the time that Carlito got released. Oh, yeah. I was just about to ask you that right now. I was, oh, this this when he got fired? Yeah, yeah. Because the last week he wasn't there. This week they didn't show the intro that, to NXT, and that explains why. And spoiler, in the next episode, they don't show the intro as well because of Carlito. I'm kind of surprised they didn't just re-edit the intro. But yeah. This is before they was really good at that, like, quickly re-editing thing. So, mm-hmm. like, they needed a little bit to be like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? Think about it. Think about it. Oh, yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's probably what it was where I, I, and I'm, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it in the next episode, but that actually makes more sense. Oh, yeah, they would have had him edited out in, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> man, they'd have had him replaced with somebody who looked just like him. Yeah. You know, when colognes. <laughs> yeah, it's just either Primo or Epico. <laughs> man, you would never even notice. <laughs> They're just so smooth with that now. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. You weren't in there last week. <laughs> uh, maybe it was him. <laughs> telling you, man. Gotta be. Watch. <laughs> so Stryker says that today is, yeah, the semifinals slash final four. And next week is the season finale. Uh, but unfortunately, one of them will not make it to the finale because we're going to do another pros poll tonight to send someone home. Striker asked the rookies the same question, which he did last week of, you know, which rookie should go home and why. I did like Gabriel's promo here because it's it's probably his best one to date where he just says that Otunga, well, he picks Otunga. And says that he isn't good on the mic and he still isn't good in the ring. And it was simple, but he sounded more confident. You know what I mean? And his Yeah, do- you his can kind of hear it. But it's like the only thing about him is that everything he says is just super nonchalant. Yeah, yeah Every yeah. time it's kind of like, well, I'm not that good on the mic, but he's bad in the ring. Mm-hmm. So I want him going. Yeah. It's like very logical listening to somebody like that. Like, hmm, that's a valid point. Yeah. Otunga kind of defends himself right after because. He says, oh, you're going to talk crap about me being on the mic. And he says, go ahead, Striker, give him the mic again and li- listen to him stutter and stuff like that. So he kind of fought him back at that mm-hmm. point. And Gabriel didn't say anything right after that. So kind of put him in his place, I, I feel like. So. He sure did. He said, look, man, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. And he was, oh. <laughs> then Slater's up next and he picks Barrett. And he just basically insulted his nose the whole time, which was really random. Stryker says that the rookies will have to team up with their pros tonight to and that yeah, the next match is next. So it's kind of weird that Stryker is playing half host and he's also half GM. Where I know he's like host matchmaker. Or <laughs> like, you know, he runs all the challenges. He's a multifaceted guy. Yeah, yeah. And later on he'll take another role in this episode. So yeah, I think he's overall the uh the renaissance man of, you, of NXT. Man. Jack of all trades right there. <laughs> Master of none. <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the first matchup is David Otunga and R-Truth versus Christian and Heath Slater. Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truth and Slater start off the match. Slater delivers like some really nice flying shoulder tackles. And he's been pretty much doing this the whole season where he's, he gets really good height. 
And he also gets really good distance when he does those shoulder tackles, I've noticed. It looks really good because he's like um he's like a slender dude and you know he kind of like gets good like extension on his body, so it looks really cool. And then he's got that hair and yeah, it's like yeah. fire just going through the air coming at you. <laughs> so it's like it's just really interesting to see like the whole package put together. If you could appreciate it, it's like wow, look at that. It's a very simple move. But yeah, it just looks good because his hair is blowing in the wind. So. What, what's that Pokemon that's made out of fire? It kind of looks like out that. there looking like a Moltres. Yeah, yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he's Slater. <laughs> that's why he looks so majestic in the air. <laughs> that was a majestic, legendary Firebird Moltres. <laughs> I'm with that. Yeah, that's his new name, Moltres. Moltres. <laughs> yeah, buddy. The one. Horse rock band. <laughs> They're looking like a man with a uh, ponytail. <laughs> I if if you don't know, we're definitely going to be covering Slater post season one. He's pretty much going to be our half K boy throughout the rest of the show. The right? half K mascot right there. Yeah. He's Slater Gator in the house. <laughs> man, ponytail Slater. Yeah. <laughs> that. Cole, Cole does a really good job of pointing out Slater's momentum so far, too. He says that his momentum has slowed down ever since he defeated Jericho a couple of weeks ago, which is kind of interesting. You would think the opposite would have happened where after beating Jericho, he would have gotten more of a winning streak. But he's actually lost three matches since. So that man, he put his whole life into that match with Chris Jericho. Oh. Even though he just squeezed out of it, he didn't have the energy. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's a six-time world champion. That guy beat the Rock. And Stone Cold in the same, same night. night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, Truth lands some really nice arm drags and tags in Otunga. Slater then does his own arm drags and starts attacking Otunga's shoulder and tags Christian in. Cole and Josh, or I should say, Josh and Cole do a good job of recapping the events of the vacant US title that we were talking about earlier. Then after some ins and outs, Otunga gets the advantage on Christian in a headlock. And the crowd, yeah, starts coming alive and starts getting right behind Christian. So another good crowd tonight overall, because even though it's the opener for us, technically they've been there for SmackDown already. Mm. So I'm always surprised how how lively the crowd is at this point still. You know what I mean? It happens, man. You know, sometimes you just get into these unexpected situations where you're going to be there for a really long show and you didn't know it. Mm -hmm. So just for them to have that like kind of stamina to be like, all right, we're here for the after show, after the show Mm -hmm. for some people that were really not there for. Yeah. And I could appreciate crowds like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. After, yeah. Afterwards, then Christian does his trademark middle rope back elbow, which always looks good and gets the hot tag to Slater. Slater then does a really nice missile drop kick on Otunga laying on the bottom rope, which is pretty interesting where he kind of has them in the whatchamacallit, the stink face position mm, mm-hmm. and then did the missile drop kick, which I haven't seen in a while. So I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it was nice. And yeah, the, the cameraman kind of does like a higher angle of it. So I think that's why it stood out to me where the cameraman did a really good job of capturing that shot. Mm -hmm. Then Slater continues his momentum and lands the nice neckbreaker. He almost gets the victory, but then Otunga puts his foot on the rope at the very last second. That is great ring awareness. And that, I'm sure he was woken up after that neckbreaker, because like Mm -hmm. when you bump, like kind of... So the further from the inside of the ring you bump is the the least amount of suspension. So like that's where it usually hurts. Yeah. 
So it's like, oh, I'm awake now. I got slammed over here. I bumped in the wrong part. But like, who knows, man? I, I've I've never been in a WWE ring, and I hear they're really. It's like bumping on like clouds. I've been told. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, huh? I guess they just have like state of the art stuff. So yeah. How how uh, how quickly and carefully should you should you do a neckbreaker in general? Because I've seen different variations where they kind of do that turning neckbreaker and then both kind of land at a very slower pace. And then you have these by <laughs> Slater and Gabriel that do kind of like these quicker snaps uh, neckbreakers. So like I would say for like the shoulder neckbreaker where they is where it almost looks like a turned around stunner. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful with those because you have, I guess, if you're taking it, you have to really be mindful of the fact that the guy performing it is just going to sit down. It's on you to make sure not too much pressure is going on your neck mm. versus like the, um like the falling neck breaker. That's pretty simple because all you're really doing is just like taking a snap bump and falling backwards. Oh, okay. So it's not too, too dangerous as long as you know how to like bump correctly. Cause there are the distance between like your neck and head and their shoulder on the falling snap neck breaker yeah. is like, it's not really a neck breaker as much as it's almost kind of the same as like a mat slam. Oh, gotcha. So it's, it's the same there versus like the shoulder one. It's like, all right, if you just kind of like fell and went all willy nilly and the Mm -hmm. dude sat down, it's like, oh, crunch. Yeah. You don't bend like that. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking too, is that I'm pretty sure they both have their dangers when it comes to doing it. The quick snap one Mm -hmm. and then just the the slower pace. Yeah. I think that the snap one is, is a lot safer, but the timing has to be better. So like if one guy, like you've seen it before like mm-hmm. when somebody does the snap neck breaker and it, the guy taking it bumps too fast yeah, yeah, yeah. or like the guy doing it got way too much air and like there just wasn't that like communication you see one guy hit the ground first and it looks really bad yeah so it either looks really bad or it looks really good there's like no in between with the with certain moves yeah so from there then we go back to the commentators and josh asks cole if he's gonna actually call out daniel bryan after you know everything that ha- happened to him last week and see if he's going to make like a public apology. Cole says that he will, and he he's actually going to do it right after this match. So I kind of liked it because they 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 did a good mix of being professional still and calling the match, but also progressing that storyline as well and making people wanting to tune in after the commercial break. You know? Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, for sure, I agree with that. Yeah. So then Slater goes to the top turnbuckle for his trademark cross body splash lands it but then otunga reverses it by rolling over and pinning slater instead so yeah he gets the surprise victory which i really like that sequence where it surprised me usually that's done as a reversal and then they still kick out but Mm -hmm. yeah he he landed the crossbody really nicely and then otunga did his job of rolling back and and getting the pin so he got the victory at 525 and yeah overall i really like this match so I liked it because it's like you could um you could almost see the progression in Mr. Mm-hmm. Otunga. Yeah. He he didn't really seem as out of place as kind of he he was in the beginning of the season. So it's really, really good to see him in the right spot. And then when he's not in the right spot, not looking so obviously out the wrong spot. Yeah. So it was, I, I thought it was a good match. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I I'll probably spoil it and say that this is my match of the episode but yeah i I really liked it (laughs) nice cool so after that before the commercial break we get like a really quick shot of daniel bryan backstage uh as they're gonna go to the next segment where cole's gonna demand his apology and yeah after that we go to the commercial break and michael cole is already in the ring with 
for security, guys. Mm. <laughs> Josh asks and wonders if Daniel Bryan will actually come out and, you know, apologize to Cole or if he'll pay the price and face the possible lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to the video recap, which does a really good job of recapping the kind of argument that well not really argument but what would you what would you say it's uh assault uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) daniel bryan's assault on michael cole man i i could be wrong maybe they did this with lawler and jr back in the attitude era but i don't remember there being a video package ever for a wrestler slash commentator feud before so either way they got this really compelling video recap to to Cole and Daniel I feel Bryan. like um, Brett the Hitman Hart and Jerry oh, the King yeah. Lawler used to have some real good beef back in the day. Yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. video packages. That's like, true. Yeah. This was before the time where everything needed a video package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like right now, like, yeah, this is probably one of the only ones that I could think of because, I mean, commentators and wrestlers have been having beef since the beginning of the time. But this one is, I guess, important enough yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get security and a video package. Yeah. Yeah, we get we cut back to the ring and Cole standing there with four security members. I tried to look up who everyone was, but the only one I could find was this, this indie wrestler named Benjamin Bone. <laughs> A- apparently, he he's still wrestling now, and he's cousins with actress. I you're gonna have to help me out with this name here, Adrian Adrienne. Oh, uh, A- Adrian Palicki. Palicki, yeah, yeah. She was uh, who did she play? She played um. Cause oh, I see that you got GI yeah. Joe retaliation. Who was she? She was uh, <laughs> she was uh not Scarlet because Scarlet was in the first one. Yeah, she was like Lady J or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I remember her. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't know that that she was already connected with wrestling because of the Rock in GI Joe retaliation. Was it, was it the guy that was the first one to the left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I looked him up and. <laughs> Because I, I was trying to look up all of them, but that was the only one I could find. And yeah, apparently her or his cousin was on G.I. Joe Retaliation, Friday Night Lights and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, he was the only one I could find. And yeah, there was this other guy named Jonathan Gargano. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Could Johnny Gargano be Jonathan Gargano? No way. No way. That's purely coincidental. It's gotta be. No doubt about it. Well, just in case you didn't know, this will be our Google Meet segment. Google that. Come on, man. Google me. So, Johnny Gargano himself making his debut nxt appearance <laughs> mr gargano was also known as 
Cedric von Hausen, where he debuted on an episode of SmackDown. And he made his official in-ring debut in 2005. But yeah, he didn't debut until March 27th, 2007 on SmackDown, where he was the champion of... What was that called? <laughs> champion of... Oh, that's Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. He was... Is part of the storyline with MVP when he was kind of just jobbing out dudes. So ironically, yeah, he go, he went up against MVP and, you know, took the loss, took the L. Then, <laughs> yeah, he makes his official NXT debut on this episode as one of Michael Cole's security guards, which it's kind of funny because when you see the thumbnails on the WWE Network, you can, that was the very first thing that I noticed. I was like, is that who I think it is? <laughs> You're like a little ass kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you got all these big security dudes. And then it's like, you know, Johnny Gargano is like all of five, seven, five, eight, maybe. And this was like back when everybody had to be kind of beefy. So, you know, he wouldn't comfortably like mm. at that size. Like he'd much, be, much rather probably be more lean, but he's trying to be big. I think all those security dudes were in the same size shirt too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. So then Gargano would not stick around and would come back in September 20th, uh, 2011, where he was known by Joey Gray, oh, and he lost at a Superstars taping to Brodus Clay. Oh, my God. So that was the last appearance, and then Gargano would go on to find success in the indies with, you know, everyone pretty much at that point with TNA, ROH, Dragon Gate, Chikara, Evolve, every. Every indie promotion that you can think of at the time. APW. APW. We seen him at a show and he wasn't even wrestling at the show. He was uh, just yeah. chilling in the back. Yeah. <laughs> that that's the crazy part about how we've seen pretty much the the previous NXT locker room with Gargano and Ricochet at all these other shows before. So Yeah, like I seen them at the same show. Yeah, I seen yeah. what it was man, that, that evolved show was nuts. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Then from there, Gargano would finally come back in June 2015 in a dark match against your boy Ua Nation. Oh, <laughs> the Nation. Which, if uh, you're not familiar with, it is our boy Apollo Crews. Yeah, much better name. Yeah. Ua Nation. He's yeah. a one man nation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then finally, he would come back and make his official in ring NXT debut on September 9th. 2015, 2015, teaming up with his bestie, Tommaso Ciampa, in the inaugural Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty much a trip down memory lane where it's kind of crazy knowing how many of these guys almost 10 years later were finally going to get their big break you know i know just being like a little goofy security guard to like being the first ever nxc triple crown champ yeah who would have thunk it yeah yeah so it's pretty cool and yeah i really like researching this just to see like where obviously we can go more deep into it but just as far as his nxt appearances it's pretty cool that he made it way back Mm -hmm. on on this episode so yeah with the video packages, they did a good job of recapping their beef with each other. Uh, I did like how Cole, or I should say, I did like how Josh, even though that Brian and Cole kind of had their beef with each other, I did like how Josh did stick by Cole despite all this because, you know, they still are a broadcast team together. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool that Josh was behind Daniel Bryan as far as 
defending him when Cole would make fun of him. He did side with Cole after that just to, you know, all right, once you put your hands on him, that that's crossing the line, so to mm-hmm. speak. So it's like, what are we supposed to pretend as wrestling fans that this is okay? That whenever the athletes get mad enough, they could just go assault the commentators. That's like if back in the day, Joe Montana got mad and attacked John Madden. Yeah. He was just like, you know what? I'm tired of you talking about the way I throw the ball. Yeah. And you just run up and you tell him that he's like a poor excuse for like Frank Summerall or something like that. Oh and, my gosh. You know, and, then, and then he just like attacks him. And then, you know, John Madden's on the football field the next week talking about he wants Joe Montana to come apologize. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, man. And they got like, all these retired football players or like guys in college being a security guards. Like, what are we supposed to, as a wrestling fan, what are you telling me right now? Yeah. Like, but don't lie and say that if they ended up doing a segment on the field, <laughs> that, <laughs> that you wouldn't watch this. <laughs> this is true. You know, if John Madden was on the, in the middle of the football field, demanding an apology <laughs> from like Joe Montana, you best believe I'm watching that halftime show. I don't want to see performances. Give me some beef and I will watch that. Who would have been security? It would have been who's who's like famous now? It would have been Man, it would have been like <laughs> Tom been Brady. Like Tom Brady and like Peyton Manning and just kind of standing there. And then who would have been Johnny Gargan? It would have been like Drew Brees because he hella short. So it'd have been like somebody just little standing there, like, oh, look at these guys. Top notch security. Yeah. So giving them credit, I would definitely watch it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess that makes more sense. That's like, you know, right now, current if Draymond Green was just finally had it with Charles Barkley. Oh, like, right, right, yeah. You know what, Chuck? It's going down. <laughs> and he just, you know, went and choked him out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that would that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that would get me back into watching basketball at that point. Traditional sports. Like yeah. I'd watch all of that if they just adopted some storylines. Yeah. <laughs> Man, XFL, you know what you're doing. <laughs> That's what they should. It's the first time. <laughs> After that, Cole says that he's been traumatized by the incident for a week now, and that after talking to his legal team, legally he could sue Daniel Bryan for everything he's worth. Then he says that Bryan can actually avoid going to court if he comes down to the ring and publicly publicly apologize to him. As Brian comes down to the ring, then the security does get in front of Cole. It's funny how it's kind of funny how this is not even a wrestling match, but all the pros are still sitting there on the stage, (laughs) just like watching all this go down. And it's funny how from time to time, the pros don't even show up to an episode of NXT, but they're cool just sitting through a lo and behold, they're cool just <laughs> chilling right there while this whole transaction. I mean, y'all got nothing else better to do. Y'all go find Carlito, man. They they won't be there for their own rookie, but they'll be there for an eliminated rookie and a commentator to have beef with. So that's because they watching exactly for what I need from the NFL. They want the beef. They, they want the beef in the storylines. That's why they out there. I can just see like Miz and Jericho saying, like, uh, oh, we could we could leave, but Apparently, they're going to have some beef between Cole and, and Josh and then Regal. Like, oh, maybe I'll stay around. Our truth, our truth over here talking to Matt Hardy like, hey, dog, you trying to stay for the beef? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, we can do it. Grab some, like, what are they eating in Ohio? <laughs> Grab some Ohio food after this? Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian. This will take us around. Yeah, yeah. around here. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll show you around. <laughs> Being uh, on my dad's house, (laughs) (laughs) George. (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> George Mizanin. <laughs> Mizanin. <laughs> so Brian, Brian gets in the ring and he tells Cole that, yeah, he, he will apologize and that there's no need for the security. And, you know, he's being super serious at this point. Cole, of course, doesn't believe him and says, okay, you know, I'll I'll try to remain calm. And yeah, Brian remains really calm and honest. Brian then apologizes to Cole and says that he'll 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 stick by his word. And yeah, Cole says that he'll call off security, but he also reminds him to just stay at ringside just in case something happens. Mm -hmm. Brian says that, you know, he's sorry. And I kind of like how the cameraman does stand a little bit closer over the shoulder. They don't do this as much in modern wrestling that I know of where usually it's like a over the shoulder cam, but it's more further away where you see more of the, the whole body. Mm. So they, they did, they did a good job of doing a close up and over the shoulder and kind of in stage direction. It makes it seem like something more is about to happen. So I did like that anticipation where they were, further away and then they slowly got closer and closer to kind of intimately you you know mm -hmm. get you into that that storyline that intimate space yeah yeah so cole then extends his hand and then both men shake and as ryan continues to say i'm sorry i'm sorry and then he says i'm sorry that you're the worst announcer in wwe history and then automatically in my head i'm like that's no way to talk about Savannah like that. Cause, Damn. Because <laughs> Michael Cole isn't a commentator. He's not an announcer. Mm, that's why you tell him. Yeah. So, Savannah, you get my props. <laughs> At this point, Cole is irate and he calls security back into the ring. The crowd is super invested at this point because as soon as he's called them the worst announcer, then the crowd was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's the beef. It's the beef. <laughs> so. Brian starts calling him out saying that, you know, he's not a real man hiding behind security and that WWE management has been holding him back the whole time, teaming him up with the, the Miz as the worst pro. The camera cuts back to the Miz and it's funny seeing Regal and the other pros reaction during this whole thing. Those are laughing. Yeah. <laughs> then Cole finally explodes and says that, you know, you want to hear the truth. You finally want to hear the truth. And Cole he laid into He laid him. into him, man. He, he gave him the business. He said, look, man, stop blaming everybody else. Yeah. Maybe it's you, partner. I was like, ooh, <laughs> maybe it is, Mr. Brian. He was like, man, you say you're the best for this. Yeah. You're pointing all these fingers at everybody. Well, maybe you should point the finger at yourself, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, you tell him, Michael Cole. <laughs> he gave him the realest feedback ever, and Brian couldn't take it. Yeah, I... I'll play the whole thing or most of the whole thing. And going back to the battle rap, I feel like my favorite line of the whole thing was when he said, the only person I saw tap was you. And then Mike dropped at that point. I was like, he gave him the business. He said, what's your, what's your slogan? Snap or tap? <laughs> the only person I seen tap was you. Oh, Mike. Cole. Oh. <laughs> oh, 80, man. He just got mad. And then he slapped him and walked away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen okay. to me. And then One to time. you, for you to rip me behind that announcer's table when you not once, you never earned that job. You know why you I ripped never you? You never got that. You never got that because you were good. You, you never got that because you, you were Do you want to know the truth? Yeah. Do you want to know the truth? truth? Yeah, give I'll me the truth. I'll tell you what the truth is. What's the truth? You know why I ripped you? Because you didn't deserve it. What? That's why I ripped you. 
What? I have more heart than anybody in this locker room. I am by far to me. the best wrestler Listen in the back. to me. You may be the best wrestler in the back, but you're lacking one thing. You're no longer in this competition. Maybe you should take a look in the mirror. Maybe you should look at yourself one time. Maybe you should take a step back and stop making excuses and stop blaming The Miz and stop blaming me and stop blaming management and take a deep down look inside yourself. You did not have what it took to be here. You know why? You walk around talking about how you're the submission specialist. How, what's your motto? Snap or tap? The only person I saw tap in this whole competition was you. You tapped out of this competition. And you know why you tapped out? You tapped out, Daniel Bryan, because you're a loser. You tapped out because losers have no heart. Handle this. Handle my lightweight security. Like, they jumped in hella quick. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it is that as soon as he did that, Cole jumped out of the ring really quick and then security quickly got on. Yeah, that, that made it looked really good. And then they like wrestled and then like then they like got him out the ring. Mm-hmm. Michael Cole ran off and this fool damn Ryan managed to escape. Yes. <laughs> like weasel out of like four people's grasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run around the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tackle him before some other guys like got him. But he still mm-hmm. escaped pretty easily from like four dudes clutches. Yeah. My boy Gargano was the first one to like jump out of the ring too and catch up to him. And mm-hmm. finally like. That's because, you know, you know, there's they's pretty, there's probably pretty close to the same age around this mm-hmm. time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I think what I liked about it is the kind of how you mentioned like the realistic component to everything because when you think about it they quickly got on brian as soon as he got got slapped so it looked realistic that they were like trying to hold him back but in <laughs> k half k wise it makes sense too because security isn't aware of the ring space like a professional wrestler would mm. so as soon as they got him in the the corner he sneakily got underneath and went underneath the bottom rope mm. so i really like that kind of kayfabe answer to everything of like oh how did he escape out of four Ooh, guys his ring generalship yeah allowed him to navigate outside quicker than his adversaries could chase him yes <laughs> so i i thought it was really amazing and i i gave him so much prop even if they were trying to do that on purpose or not i'm just going to give him the credit at that point and say they that. weren't that's yeah. way too logical <laughs> way too logical but we got your back wwe yeah <laughs> From there, from that point, Cole was yelling at him while, and yeah, credit to Cole. You're too. a loser. Yeah, you're a loser. <laughs> Apologize. Apologize. <laughs> credit to that, where as soon as he tackled him, too, Cole right away like sold the back of his head. Mm-hmm. So really good job, where they continued to make this whole thing look really real. Michael Cole is so punchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to punch him in the face right now? You do that to me. <laughs> and the so. Out of the whole thing, I, I you know, I'm still going to give this whole segment a five out of five. But <laughs> the only unrealistic part was when they were separating him and then kind of finally backed him away. They only got him to halfway through the the ramp. Normally, you would as soon as soon as you touch any talent, you're evacuated out of you the building. You escort them. Uh, they just kind of like to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Brian was like, "Okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so. 
finally we have like a better reason of why the pros ended up sticking around during this whole thing <laughs> because at that point the miz gets out of his chair and starts yelling at daniel bryan of like you know get out of here and like you don't belong here and stuff like that and then, right away then he just clocks him <laughs> man <of> <laughs> he gave him the business <laughs> So he clocks him out and then finally security runs back up and starts trying to separate the two. And they do a really good job of selling this fight, too, because the pros were sitting there. But then after a while, they got out of their chairs and Daniel Bryan and The Miz kind of stumbled onto their chairs. It and, looked good. Yeah, it, looked yeah. like, uh, it looked like The Miz was like really trying to get back at him. Like, damn, but you hit me hell hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like this compared to modern day security brawls where like, even though it's over the top and entertaining, it's not as realistic compared to like Charlotte and Becky and Rhonda with their recent storyline. Mm-hmm. That one was more way over the top, but this one was more realistic. With yeah, yeah, I like that. this one because it's like these dudes look like they didn't look like police security or anything like that. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, regular dudes who were just there, part time security. They was having the hardest trouble containing this. Yeah. You know, the way it kind of flowed together. It was you know, the aggressiveness between all of the combatants looked realistic enough. Yeah. And it was kind of like that with um earlier on in the season with R Truth. Oh, yeah. And uh David Otunga when they went at it. That looked really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So NXT and the uh, scuffles. <laughs> five out of five. <laughs> Killing the game right now. Killing the game on scuffles for sure, <laughs> man. Realistic looking scuffles. That should be its own separate category. Scuffles. <laughs> scuffles. <laughs> Commentary matches, production, entertainment, scuffles. Wow, <laughs> man, the scuffle in this episode, five. five. That'd be like all my fives are gonna be like scuffles. I haven't given one yet, I think. That's gonna be it. Scuffles. Well, we had season two, baby. Scuffles. scuffles. <laughs> And this is probably my favorite cutting, cutting before cutting the commercial moment of, yeah, Cole still on the floors yelling out, he's a maniac. He's a maniac. <laughs> it's so good. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep watching after commercial break at this point. So WWE, I got to give you, I got to give it to you five out of five at that point. So well done. Well scuffles, done. man. <laughs> Great A scuffles. I think. I think what makes it so good is I remember watching this season, but kind of how we talked about at the very beginning of doing this podcast is I only remember like nicks and crannies mm-hmm. about the season, but this one is definitely something I remember happening. I didn't remember all the small details, but now that we rewatched <laughs> it, it was, it was classic. Like point. relive certain memories. Like I remember when this happened, I don't remember being this funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Other than the current storylines with Becky Lynch having, you know, two belts and having two separate storylines, I don't remember there ever being two separate storylines with the same wrestler and they're both reaching kind of their climax at the same time because he beefed with Cole and of course he was beefing with The Miz the whole season. And then at that point they blew off to not blew off, but kind of went to like their kind of battle moments at the same segment mm. so he kind of collided heads with cole and right after then he collided yeah, he got his physical altercation with both yeah, of them yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I think that's why this segment works so well because as a viewer it paid off for two reasons you know mm. what i mean yeah oh, i like that yeah no that's that's a good way to look at that because i didn't think about it i was just like oh man he's going out on fire yeah yeah yeah. nothing so, but miss or made threes bam switch yeah yeah bam switch yeah. in your face miss yeah it's kind of like you're planning stuff in your backyard, and coincidentally, both your pear and your avocado are, are ready. Gonna, <laughs> oh, they're all ready on the same day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, I'm gonna make a pear avocado salad. 
I I don't doubt that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so well done. Well it's done. Like listening to the microwave and the dryer go off at the same time. Yeah. Mmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> Clean clothes and food, baby. Let's go. I beat up Michael Cole and the Miz same day. Let's do this. That's when you got to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> it's like, man, we're going straight to the liquor store now. <laughs> lottery tickets. I, again, I, I think I'm going to give WWE too much credit here, but I thought it was also a callback to episode one when The Miz slapped Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, like, segment, Daniel Bryan, he said, okay, don't worry, Miz, one day I'll slap you back. So kind of, you know kind of there he punched them but too smart yeah, no, yeah it's yeah. too smart yeah mm, no they weren't thinking about that <laughs> i don't think i don't think the Miz was thinking about that when he got clocked either. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think he maybe i don't know maybe he thought he was just gonna slap him yeah but, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're doing that callback right bam <laughs> potato potato <laughs> cool so after that we go to commercial break and yeah what i liked about this is that automatically striker is doing commenta- commentary with josh now So I like how they didn't automatically address us, the audience, right off the bat. They just kind of faded back from commercial break and they're just talking like you and me. True. Yeah. yeah. They had just like a little conversation between them, like, oh, man, blah, blah, blah. So like, it was nice to like kind of get that, um, I guess, that human side of them Mm -hmm. to to really just be on display right there before they got back to the business. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I really like this. They. That's what I like about this whole season. Just watching back is like how they captured the realistic side mm-hmm. of it a lot better than modern day, modern day WWE. And yeah, both guys bring up some good points about respect from both Daniel Bryan and Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. So same thing. I like how they're not automatically siding with one guy. They're both bringing up like good points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they replay the the thing that just happened just to kind of catch up people who are tuning in. And right after that, then we kick it into our main event which is wade barrett versus justin gabriel and yeah josh and striker do a really good job of still continuing to argue about both guys uh both cole and brian's perspective and jericho music hits and he's still sitting at his seat and then joins him down to the ring barrett is currently seven and four then hardy comes out and joins justin gabriel down to the ring as well Gabriel is currently six and three. Josh then does a good job of selling the importance of this match too, since both guys are, you know, kind of close and Gabriel is in fourth place. So he's the closest to facing elimination. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of selling that point of like out of both guys, Gabriel really needs to step it up to, to impress the the pros for the, the pros poll at that point, right off the bat, then Barrett gets the advantage by countering a couple of Gabriel's, moves and does that one move it's not what would you call it where like he literally just reverses where he picks him up and just like swings up up in the oh, air and you just throw him straight yeah, uh, yeah i guess you would it's not a flapjack yeah flapjack yeah. is when you grab him by the leg yeah i get you know they're like the same meal almost like, yeah let's call it a pancake. <laughs> yeah that's not a pancake either because pancake is just when you fall flat yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Half, let's call it a hot cake yeah <laughs> yeah hot cake though because he does it to Gabriel specifically a couple of times throughout the season. But I was trying to think of like, yeah, 
a name to call it, but yeah, he pretty much just lunges him in the yeah, air. Yeah, it's probably a, it's probably a, probably a flapjack. If you ask Jim Ross, it's probably Hurricane Rana. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's a, I think it's a variation of a flapjack. Oh, okay. Josh, you know, sells it too, where he says like he went up to the twelfth floor and now finds him, finds his way down to the basement, which, nice. which I thought was a really good line. Then Jericho returns to the broadcast table and starts yelling at Josh again. <laughs> it's funny how he sticks to him and not even going after Stryker. Yeah, be consistent. <laughs> yeah. Barrett then does a really good job of attacking the abdominal area, which makes sense since it makes it harder for Gabriel to hit the 450. Then Barrett does a really nice looking big boot. He big booted the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, Gabriel does his comeback and starts kicking his way out of the submission hold. And starts doing his trademark kicks to get the upper hand. Hey, you know what I was noticing while like Gabriel was throwing his kicks? Like, yeah. He's, I think, well, I put it down verbatim. Gabriel is very raw talent with very little form. Because mm. he's just like, he he's those, he looked like that type of dude that was just like really athletic. And it was like, oh man, I could do all this stuff just by watching it. Mm-hmm. And never really, it. I could be wrong, but it looks like he was not taught how to do certain things like he uh, know how to wrestle but like all the moves that he uses in wrestling it looks like he taught himself that because uh, they look i'm not saying that he looks sloppy but it just looks untaught yeah, like, yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying like you could tell between somebody who's been taught something and somebody who just kind of like picked it up mm-hmm. and it's amazing because it looks good but you could just see the little nuances like when he throws kicks it's like all leg there's like no hip in it and it like mm-hmm. it's just certain little things that i pick up on but it's pretty cool just to like see it. And I really like Justin Gabriel too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, oh man, if he just had a little bit more polish, he could have been like, I think he could have been a very bigger star in general, not even just in WWE, but just in general, if he had a little bit more polish to his moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that's, I think that's what separated him from like some of the really great high flyers out there. Like your, uh, you know, like your, your Pox mm-hmm. and your, um, your Ospreys and your Flip Gordons, like they all have really good technique yeah. versus like Gabriel is like just talented at yeah, what he yeah. was doing. He just knew how to move his body good enough to get where he needed to go. And yeah. He was just like right there on the cusp and he's still wrestling. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. Did he like blow off a couple of his fingers? Or something yeah, like that? So. <laughs> <sighs> Mr. T, uh, P, PJ Black. <sighs> yeah. I, uh, I think I saw that too. I didn't see what happened, but I saw his hand. Where yeah, he like blew off a couple. Oh, how do you? Well, don't need those anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so going back to the match, Barrett then hits his now trademark springboard, bounce the legs off the top rope into <laughs> I don't know what to call it into the backbreaker. It it's it looks really good. That's that's all you need it, to know. It does look good, but it don't make no sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if. If uh, if they ever added that into the video games, it, it would have been a cool move to have. I wouldn't doubt it. They're pretty good with adding like everything that people do in these video games, even if they've never been in WWE. Mm-hmm. They got everybody's moves. Yeah. Barrett then lifts Gabriel up to the top turnbuckle and attempts to do a top rope superplex. But then Gabriel hits one of the rare moves that people always kind of stumble on, which is the sunset flip powerbomb and it looked really good uh, it always looks good yeah, like, yeah as long as the person bumps at the right time yeah, it's yeah. gonna look good yeah but i feel like that's why a lot of people do kind of mess it up because of the timing yeah yeah where they flip over and then they fall too early it's like all right yeah. do i fall now or mm-hmm. do i fall is i think you're supposed to fall 
with the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's probably better for you anyway. That way, because uh, you're both going to hit the mat at the same time. So it's not just you taking all the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you land too early, then it's like you're just going to dribble your head for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you land too late, you're just going to dribble your head, like, a little bit later while the mat's coming up. So it's going to dribble a little bit more. Yeah. So it's 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 hard with the timing, I guess. But, yeah. no, nah, like, that was, that was, like, a good... I think uh, so. That sunset flip bomb mm-hmm. to four fifty mm-hmm. to Matt Hardy's theme was like the greatest finish to that whole yes, match. It was yeah, like yeah. boom up four fifty one two three. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah! The timing of it was perfect. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, Gabriel gets the win at three thirty one, and it was really smooth. I I think that's probably one of my favorite. Gabriel matches like he's had some pretty good matches but I think that's probably one of my favorite ones yeah that was one of the ones where I was just like looking at him like man I really like Justin Gabriel Mm -hmm. I just wish there was more to him than what was kind of presented to me so like when I was sitting there watching it for sure I was like oh yeah yeah you can't win (laughs) (laughs) and it, it was good too because the commentators did a good job of like okay Gabriel is in fourth place he just won his match and then they do a quick shot of the pros taking notes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of gives that story like, oh, okay. See, he's Ooh, he's winning. Yeah, yeah, he's motivated now. Mm-hmm. And Jericho also does a good reaction where even though he's a heel, he's upset that, you know, Barrett just lost. But he doesn't act super pissed off. You know what I mean? He's just more of like that coach kind of disappointed that he's he like, oh, you lost this one. Yeah, but it's yeah. all right. Yeah. We're taking the titles. So. Yeah. So, yeah, really good match. And I think the crowd did its job too of just being super behind this match and both guys working really smoothly. So after that, we go to commercial break and then my favorite part of the show, I'm sorry, Mr. Gargano, <laughs> your time will come later. Time is up. The time is now. <laughs> the time is now for our boys. American bang. <laughs> oh yes. We're excited. American bang finally showed their faces. And if you're wondering, like we were, when they were displaying American Bang, American Bang did the theme song. Yes. <laughs> and I was going to do the Google Me segment for this, but Gargano will take that. But I will surprise you with something. So what I'm doing is now I'm doing a chronological playlist of when these songs debut from episode one until each episode that we air. So our boys, American Bang, have the first track on the playlist (laughs) so wild and young is the first song that was ever played on nxt (laughs) gross (laughs) absolutely gross the the only one i couldn't well there's a few i couldn't get but the one i couldn't find was uh matt hardy's song at that at that point the live for the moment one Oh, because it's not on Spotify. I can stand a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> it's because they don't have the forcible entry CD on on Spotify. Oh, they don't? No. Mm. Well, they do, but they only have like two or three songs available from it. Or, mm, that's yeah. worse. That was a shout out to our boys, American Bang. <laughs> After that, then we get a raw rebound. So normally I don't talk about these unless they're somewhat related to NXT talent. But this was something related to him where Batista, this is where Batista does his infamous I quit promo when he was like in his wheelchair. Yeah, that was that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of cool because this is one of the last times that we've seen 
Batista until he makes his comeback. And the irony is that a couple of weeks ago, Batista fought Daniel Bryan and kind of squashed him on Raw mm-hmm. and hit the three Batista bombs. And Batista wouldn't come back until that mania that we went to, where <laughs> at that point, then he went up against Batista, or I should say, Daniel Bryan went up against Orton and Batista. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty cool how four years makes a huge difference from where we were. So, right, because he, uh, it was, I quit in the wheelchair mm-hmm. and then basically coming back for Mania in New Orleans, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was four years. Because he, uh, he won that Royal Rumble. Yes, that was it. Gross. Yeah. So it's pretty cool how in four years' time, he went from jobbing the Batista to defeating him at WrestleMania, which is, Pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go back to the stage and the pros are gathering for the final vote. Then we go to the last commercial break. And now we head into the, the third pros poll for the semifinals elimination. After commercial break. Yeah, we kind of cut right into it. No messing around. They usually kind of hype up stuff, but we kind of went right into the elimination. Mm hmm. So Barrett remains at number one. And before they announce the second place, I love how the camera kind of picks up some of the kids mics or they I should say they kind of pick up some of the kids in the camera. So you can kind of hear the kids saying like, oh, Justin Gabriel, Justin Gabriel, because they they want him to to get the second place spot. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that the fans are really invested at that point. At least the kids are. That's because he's the. He's the superhero looking one. Mm-hmm. He flips. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, at that point, Otunga remains at second place as well. So Stryker gathers Gabriel and Slater. And we'll say that, unfortunately, one of them, their goal to be the next breakout superstar comes to an end. And at that point, then they reveal that Justin Gabriel has moved up to third place. So unfortunately, that means our boy Slater Gator is in fourth place and has been eliminated. I don't know why I was so surprised. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I really thought it was going to be. I don't know who I thought it was going to be, but just not Slater. Yeah. Like, but when you break it down, I guess it had to be Slater. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, Barrett has all the tools. Otunda's. Otunda, like Rotunda. Oh God, oh God. Uh, Otunga has the best physique. Mm-hmm. Gabriel's the high flyer, and Slater's redhead. Yeah, like that's like really the biggest thing that stands out about him visually. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know you would. That's the odd man out. Really, like you can't really for the sake of ratings, you can't really get rid of Otunga because he's the black one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the and, and the most like famous outside of wrestling. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that's like the easy 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 money maker for the eyes like, yeah you could get people who don't really know about wrestling but if they were following like um reality tv at the mm-hmm. time it'd be like oh my god that's that one guy we just saw yeah let's watch this see what he's doing so you need him there you need gabriel for the kids you don't really need slater even though he's probably the most complete exactly honestly, yeah. out of all of them yeah so yeah so it was kind of cool because both guys are still good baby faces Mm -hmm. and shake hands after the announcement striker then you know being the jerk that he is (laughs) tries to mix it up and ask christian why uh or i should say he he asked slater to
to remind the WWE universe who his pro is. And he answers Christian, of course. And then he asks Christian to inform the WWE universe of why, you know, he thinks the pros voted out uh, Slater. Christian says that he can't really pinpoint it to anything specific. And sometimes that's just how it goes. But he says that he's really proud of Slater, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, that. he didn't answer the question, though. Yeah, it was nice <laughs> what he said. It was like, yeah. oh, OK, you really like the guy. Yeah. And and then Stryker, of course, still being a jerk, does a pun and says. And, you know, he takes a jab at the Miz saying like, oh, if his jaw is OK. <laughs> and, you know, explains why he voted off Slater. First of all, how did why did Stryker assume that? the Miz eliminated Slater. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you know you voted against him? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's striker always trying to instigate stuff. <laughs> Miz gave him good advice though. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he said you, you were good or sometimes you were just kind of so, so, but you know, nothing about you really jumped out and he's kind of right. Like he was just kind of there being kind of solid. Yeah. But he never really like jumped over like the, it's kind of like you remember um, what season of Tough Enough was that where Kenny King didn't win, oh, but it right, was clear right. that he should have won, and yeah. they went with like two chicks, and it was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how Slater is. He was there, yeah. solid the whole time, and then at the end, you were just like, wait, what? Yeah, it's because he was just, I guess, a little too good. Yeah, and it was kind of like bland. Yeah, it means yeah, like how you said he did a really good promo where he said that you didn't show that you were a hundred percent all the time. Yeah. And, and that's what you have to do to, you know, make it into WWE. So I really like Mrs. Promo. Mm-hmm. Then striker gives Slater a chance to give, give his thoughts and Slater mm-hmm. <laughs> Slater probably cut one of his best promos. I he think put himself super over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you just swear that he wasn't getting eliminated right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess all good things must come to an end. But I've done far too much in such little time to be going anywhere. I was the first rookie to be the pro. I was the first rookie to win a challenge. In WWE Magazine, they rated me best new nickname and the most impressive debut, Miz. I had to go against the big red machine, Kane, and he was the only one that ended my undefeated streak. And that leads me to you, Chris. Six-time world champion. The man that says he is the best at what he does. That man right there beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. And The Rock in one night. And I beat you. Pros, you might have pulled the plug on the one-man rock band. But ladies and gentlemen, get ready for the encore because I'm about to blow your mind. How about a nice hand for Heath Slater, who has been eliminated? And yeah, to me, he was probably my MVP of the season so far. Like how we were just saying, like, overall, he's probably like the most overall. Guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Slater was the best one. Mm-hmm. Like. I wouldn't say hands down, but like if you ask me who the best one the season was, it was Heath Slater. Yeah, because I think com- comparing it to even episode three when he was doing that storyline versus Carlito mm-hmm. in that promo. That's why I really liked them compared to the other seven, 
The other seven did a good mix of they either got their character over or they got the concept of the show over. Mm-hmm. But I think Slater's to you know to this episode had the perfect blend of doing both because mm-hmm. he got over he kept getting over his catchphrases here in the in this last promo but he also still got over the importance of the show and you know that's what he did back in that third episode where he was still progressing the storyline between him and carlito but he was also getting the show over by saying like oh we're on tuesday nights yeah, on yeah. sci-fi so it slater you know class act after that then we get some post elimination interviews Stryker and Josh then plug next week as being the season finale. And at that point, we will find out who the next breakout superstar is. Mm -hmm. So that closes that closes us out. And yeah, I will get to my reviews right away because I just kind of want to give this episode the props that it deserves. So I will go to my commentary. For commentary, I gave it a four just because throughout the whole episode, I think they did a really good job of, you know, I I will say that commentary and entertainment are going to still blend in a little bit more this week just because of the Cole storyline. But I feel like the way they did it, they did it in that perfect mix of like what we had talked about earlier, where they were very realistic, especially Josh and Stryker once. Cole was out of the picture. They kept it realistic where they still were trying to be professional and call the the episode, but they were also putting over that storyline between Mm -hmm. Cole and Daniel Bryan. So commentary, I think did a really great job overall. And that's why I'm giving it a four for matches. I'm also giving it a four just because we had two, but they were two really good matches. Nice. And yeah, my match of the episode was the tag match between Otunga and, truth versus slater and christian and my runner-up and they definitely get props is definitely barrett versus gabriel just Mm -hmm. because of the points that we uh talked about earlier for production i gave it a three just because they did a good job but kind of the philosophy that you've been saying like good good job and you'll get the standard tip at that point Mm -hmm. and but yeah i i will give them props for some of the different camera camera angles that they did throughout some of the matches, it kind of gave it a fresh feeling overall, but you know, good job. And yeah, I have to give this episode a five when it comes to entertainment, just because this episode was really easy to watch and everything that was going on between that segment with Brian and Cole, I just had to give it a five based on like whether or not they did it on purpose or not. But I felt like the way they had perfectly built up that, that specific segment, for those two storylines that I mentioned earlier, I think they did a really good job of blending them in and what we were talking about with the security, just being very realistic on how they handled that, that scuffle. (laughs) And yeah, I was entertained throughout the whole episode. So I have to give them their props on entertainment wise. Nice. I like that. Um, let's see, what am I going with this one? Commentary. I went four. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just changed that because I gave it a three at first, but now like kind of thinking about it, I, the episode was very laden with good commentary. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. With even with having the switch after Cole and uh, with Cole and Striker, like it still kind of stayed up there as good commentary. So I went solid four there. Mm-hmm. Matches, I gave the uh, I gave the customary tip to mm-hmm. 
because I I didn't you know what I thought about it and it wouldn't have been fair because I was kind of like for the whole season almost kind of going off of like if you gave me two matches I was going to give you a two yeah but you can only get so many matches out of four people mm-hmm. so you know of course they're only going to have like two matches unless you want to mix in with the pros but I gave matches a three even though um you know the match of the night for for me was Wade mm, okay and uh Gabriel I I Gabriel. I thought that, that was a good match. It was a short sprint, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm going to go three there. Production, I went four. Mm, okay. Four for production. And I also went three for entertainment, but I'm changing that right now to four. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go four for production and entertainment because as we get more, say, video package heavy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only right that they're going to have to like you know up it up on the production and then also like that first video package that we mentioned in the beginning with like the way that it was so dramatic nice i think uh just that and just everything else the way it was laid out was a solid four and i was entertained to a four level as well Mm -hmm. so outside of like that one three i'm going fours nice nice yeah i i think this was one of the stronger episodes and granted i i gave it more of a leeway because of that segment but Mm. i i'll agree with you with everything that you said and yeah with the matches too just I think it's that that metaphor that you just used with the the laundry where they both kind of cooked on. Yeah, they on. both clicked at the same time. Mm-hmm. You got both of those timers. Like it was a very strong episode mm-hmm. when you look at it on paper, you think that it was going to be weak. Exactly. That's what I, yeah. I think. That's what it was. I, I in my mind, just watch or just reading the the outline. I was like, oh, it seems like it will be an OK episode. But it really. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really surprised me. So. I don't have too many fun facts for this one. This one, I just said that this is the first time that Mike, or I should say, this is the first time that Matt Stryker is on commentary. So, yeah, that's his first time. Of course, he's done commentary before on ECW, the WWE's version of ECW. Mm -hmm. But this is his first time doing commentary on NXT. Nice. Okay. Cool. So with that, we will give out our final combined score and i have a feeling it's gonna be pretty high up there and for this episode combined we have a 3.9 so yeah that sounds about right so definitely one of our higher graded episodes and yeah 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 because it it definitely was i think exactly how we pictured it where it wasn't gonna be on paper the best one but they definitely did what they could based on how you mentioned the four rookies mm-hmm. that we had left oh yeah and just making the most use out of uh of everybody and even with cole and daniel bryan so yeah it came out dope it, it was a it was a good episode like if i it was a ideal episode to go into the last one yeah 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 totally agree cool so that does it for episode 14 and in the next episode, we I can't believe I'm going to say this. We are going into the season finale. I can't mm-hmm. can't believe it's uh, blown by us this quickly. So obviously we don't have that much to cover. And there is only one match next week, which is a three way elimination match between the remaining rookies. And that is David Otunga, Wade Barrett and Justin Gabriel. And of course, next week is the se- season finale. So out of these three, we will find out who is the next WWE breakout superstar. And yeah, can't wait to to cover that last one. And it should be 
epic. No one says epic anymore, huh? I don't think so. I don't, you know, I, don't, I really don't think I don't think that's the word to describe things. Yeah, I think I just dated myself then. You did. I think you did. Um, it's all right though, you know. Like. <laughs> So that does it for us. As always, if this is your first time tuning in, thank you very much for checking us out. But if you want to catch up with us, we are about to reach the season finale. But if you're a binge watcher, or in this case, binge listener, <laughs> then <laughs> feel free to catch up and listen to our archived episodes on Podbean, Spotify. And if you prefer to have some visuals, then you can check us out on YouTube as well. Did you uh, have any any plugs this week? I don't. I was just looking for one too. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'll I'll give I'll continue to give a shout out to my boy Justin Roberts just because I didn't know his life story and he has a buck too. So there you go. Yeah. Hey man, shout out to Justin Roberts. Yeah, yeah. So a plug to a plug for what was cool I like about that that interview is that he wrote that book when he was still kind of bitter after his. Uh, his departure from the company mm. but i guess it's been a while since he wrote that book that now he just signed for a aew and uh he's in a better mood and he also admits that too that he he likes the book but he's he also feels kind of sorry that he was more it was written out of spite yeah yeah so he mm. he definitely has a better more positive outlook in life in general which i really respect i, I like when people can you know be confident and honest about themselves in that way so nice shout out to justin roberts yeah um listen to our shit yeah <laughs> all right and that does it for us so yeah tune in next week for the season finale not only for well yeah it's mostly for nxt we will also have our season finale recap which will be at the same time as our season finale review of next week's episode mm. so tune in for that and yeah thanks again for checking us out and we will see you next time <laughs>